What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the She's Unoffendable podcast, where that she is me, your host, Rebecca Hamilton. I'm a law of attraction expert, an alignment life and business coach, a speaker, a realtor, and a soon-to-be published author. I love to help people bridge the energetic gap between where they are and where they want to be so that they can live the life that you've like dreamed of. To find out more about me or how we can maybe work together, you can check out my website at www.she'sunoffendable.com. You can also find me on Instagram at she's unoffendable. Okay, y'all, let's get started. I'm super excited to have Alicia Crastel with me today. She is an amazing agent, a mom, a coach. Uh, I mean, like the list goes on and on of the things that you do and like where you show up. An inspirator. Is that a word? An inspirator? <laughs> we can make it up <laughs> if it isn't. You're an inspirator. Anyway, um, so I'm super excited to have her here. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been having such a blast talking to different um, agents, but also people that are just like entrepreneurs and people that are in women, you know, that are in, that are out here doing what they love, regardless of what that kind of looks like. So it's, it keeps me sort of inspired by talking to all these different people. So before we get going, tell people who are you, what do you do, how'd you get here, all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the main thing is, is I'm a mom and um, I'm a daughter of a teen mom, which I think has played big into my life. And she's an awesome mom. So I have three kids. They're 10, nine, and four. I'm married in Maryland and I'm an agent in Baltimore and I coach other mom realtors. Yeah. Okay. So, well, go ahead and give me the very short version. <laughs> short and sweet. That's how we keep it. I know. Right. So you said you're a mom first and you know, me and you, we have a lot of similar, I'm, I just know for sure. We have a lot of similar beliefs mm -hmm. about parenting, about how important kids are and how important our roles are as parents. So one of the things that you're kind of known for is creating business around being a mom and still being able to be sorry about the thunder y'all that's just it's really i don't know what's going on kind of sounds like a dog growling like you might not. yeah it's not even actually in here so i'm just like i don't know what's coming but it sounds good um so tell me about that like tell me about how did that like all come about where you were like okay i have to figure out how to make this work and be a mom like how did how did you start to figure that out Okay. This is easy to tell. It wasn't easy to figure out. So in the beginning, I had little, little, little kids like infants and was pregnant and everything. And I was trying everything that everyone told me to do. And there was a, a male office manager and he was like, you should do expired. You should do FISBOs. You should be doing this. Great, great, great. And it all worked, but I had a hard time. Like, you know, it's really hard to keep a little baby quiet, right? It's really hard to do all of those things and stay consistent the way you need to be if you're going to do cold leads. Mm -hmm. So I figured out that my kids are not a distraction, which I knew from all the, the whole time. They're actually just part of life and that this is how we were going to do this. This is part of life. So then that's when I switched to, to um, relational business and then it's been downhill. Like everything is just falling smoothly ever since. Like you just find your people and they think it's cool that your kids are in the background. Yeah, yeah. They don't care. Oh, I saw a post the other day where somebody was like, um, what do you, how do you keep your kids 
from talking to you when you're on the phone. And I'm just like, you don't like, how do you, what do you do? Like, they're gonna, you know, obviously, you know, that you, you have some parameters. You're not, I've, I've been on things where people are just going wild with their kids in the background and they're presenting too. And obviously that's not probably the best look like uh, somewhere in between, but interruptions and stuff like it's so normal. Yeah. Everybody's in the same boat. And I love how people like to give a prescription for that. We're like, oh, you just set the, per- you tell them ahead of time. If they do it, they get a penalty. I'm like, that doesn't really work with a one-year-old. Like it might work with a five or six-year-old, but you don't know what age your, those kids are. And I just, for my, for me, I just tell my kids, if they come in while I'm doing a Zoom call or call, they have to say hello to the person that's on the other side. Yeah. That they're welcome to come in if they, if I'm on a call or I'll tell them you need to go ask your dad or you need to right. go wait until the call's over. But, you know, I oftentimes have Zoe, who's four, under my feet, you know, l- hanging on my leg and waving in the background. And it is just what it is. Yeah. And I'm not going to apologize for it. No. And as long as you can still bring the content and the value, like, I don't think there's anything. Because I always think about it like this, too. If it was an adult coming in and saying something, I'm not going to be like, what are you doing? Don't talk to me. Da, 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 da. I'm going to be like, okay, what's up? You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to look over and be like, what's going on? So I think so many times, especially with kids, we tend to treat them as like subpar, like, you know, in such a different way Then I, I always try to figure out how would I treat an adult that I respected if this happened? Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're very smart and wise and to treat them anything less than just another human, just because they're little is wrong. And I think we were on the same, I saw the same um, post. We won't get into all the things that they said there, but one of them was oh, the guy was like, well, my child belongs to me. She'll do what I want. And I'm like, that's where we differ. Like, I don't think any other human belongs to me ever. Oh, and they're not like subservient. Like, yeah, me and you girl, we're like same exact thing. Like I feel the same way They're, you know, they're a part of, it's like the whole idea of this is my house and you'll do it. I say, and of course, like, yeah, you don't want a kid that's like bouncing off the walls and being crazy as hell. But at the same time, when you treat children with respect, I mean, it's funny because they're the only, you know, age group or whatever that we expect to get respect before we give it. And it's yeah. like, you teach by what you do, not what you say. So yeah, you can't. yeah, respect the house and us because we respect you, not because we own you. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. On. Because this is your house too. Like, yeah, this isn't, you know, I always, our house was such a democracy growing up and there, like, I didn't have to beat say, or put them in timeout a bunch or whatever. I'm not saying, you know, putting them in timeout, I guess, I don't know. I don't believe in it, but it, whatever, whatever works for people. But I think when you actually are trying to understand and build a relationship with your kids, it's different than when you're just like you, 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 you. Yep. So and to get back to exactly what you were asking, I found ways to do business where they could be involved and it was yeah. natural, like play dates with other families, right? Because you're making relationships and all real estate is, is getting conversations to where people trust you and you can help them with whatever they need. So yep. you can do that on the playground. You can do that at a mom's night out. You can do that at preschool. You can do that at all the things that you do, as long as you come in with it, at it with a different mindset. Yep. That's what I, you're like reading my mind. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, okay, tell me about relational. What does that, so tell me what that looks like. Like, how did you, because I know there's a lot of people out there and I personally think this, this really translates to every single industry. It doesn't have to be like 
I teach these same principles today for his music as I use in my real estate, my coaching, all my stuff. Like it's the same principles. So um, for somebody who's going, gosh, I want to really get more relational. What is like some of your top advice to give them for how to start creating that space for them? First, I think you have to know what you want. And I don't know how many people don't know what they want, but it's a lot. You have to know what you want. Like 99%. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what do you want here? And then give yourself permission to go get it the way you the way you want through relationships. So if you want 20 or 40 transactions a year, what does that take? For me, it takes getting into conversation with a certain amount of people every year. So what are the thing activities that I was already doing that I liked, I enjoyed, was natural for me, taking kids to preschool, mom's groups, mom's night out, um, going to the gym. And I, for a long time, didn't go to the gym because I didn't think I had time. I signed up for a six week class boom, buyer down. I signed up for another six weeks, boom, listing aid, listing. And I got $12,000 from a six week course that I didn't want to take because I felt like I couldn't give myself permission to do it. Yeah. So I think the big thing is giving yourself permission to actually do the things that you love and you will attract your clients. Promise, promise. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I know, and you know, we hear a lot of that right now. Like there's a lot of, and for the last little while, like people have really been starting to get on the bandwagon i you know and i think it too depends on like where you are in your career if you're like just starting out yes relational i mean relational is always going to be the number one who doesn't want a referral who doesn't want somebody who already knows likes and trusts you to give you business or to hire you as their like for the for whatever it is that you do it's easy and more profitable yeah 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 so i mean but i also think like on the flip side of that, I've also felt like there are people who have, are like, well, I don't have a big circle. I go to things I need to make money now. Like what, how do you, you know, bridge that gap? How do you go from, okay, relational? Yes. Like sometimes you, you know, it might take a little while to build up. It might take Maybe you're like not that type of person where you want to do relational in a different way. Like maybe you want to do it. Um, I'm trying to think like, what? give me some other ideas of, so you, well, you're obviously a mom, like that's your niche, if you will, like being a mom and doing that. And for a lot of times I wasn't doing mom stuff, right? I wasn't doing the stuff that I really wanted to do because I thought I had to work so hard to get this business. Yeah. And I think um, we, we, overestimate the amount of time it can take to get in relationship with somebody. 80% of my database, I didn't even know five to six years ago. So I don't think you have to currently be in relationship with them. I think that you need to create relationships. So those people I was in that, those workout classes with, I didn't know them prior to that. No. Yeah. It was going there with some purpose and it wasn't me talking about real estate or talking about myself. It was just me showing up, you know, the way you're supposed to show up in life. Like on time and like, you know, you actually put forth effort and you, you yeah. know what I mean? You're not half ass and stuff. Um, and that's how you can fast forward to relationships. The other way you can fast forward to relationships is online. Like, you know, you can go from not knowing anyone at all to feeling like you are really good friends in a couple of weeks or you really know them in a couple of weeks. Yes. <laughs> so just- I still think even though they didn't come from your database, now they're in your database. Right. So you can create that relational business without cold calling. Still, you're, you're still fishing for people who are like you. Yeah. 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 
I agree. No, that makes that's sense. so true because the internet opens it up and that's kind of what I was alluding to. And I'm like, there's other ways because I know, you know, I personally am not somebody who's going to go into, I just don't talk to people when I go places. Is that bad? It's so bad. But I, but at the same time, I can create a ton of business, but I, I'll do it through social media because that's yeah. my comfort zone or the area where, you know, I'm super comfortable. And yet, you know, when I get in front of people, I'm fine. I talk to people. I can get business all day. So yeah, I think there's different ways to do it. Like you said, that's really smart. And also, like, if you're a gardener, go look at the clubs near your town, right? Yeah. And say, who's, who gardens in this proximity or who's raising daisies or who's doing this, this day. And then you make friends. Like that's how you, you make friends. You don't have to be the most talkative person, just mm -hmm. as long as you keep conversations or you at least yeah. you're not surface level all the time. Yeah, because you can do one-on-one. -on -one. I'm so much stronger one-on-one -on -one than like with a bunch of like small talk. It's like, oh, it's harder for me to do the, a bunch of small yeah. talk. Yeah, but if your gardeners are your peoples, yeah, they're people. with your people and then they you look and see about what anything. you do and they're like, she's a realtor, I needed a realtor. Right. <laughs> and then bam, now you're in relationship and you've got a referral. That's real. I mean, that's simply how it works. No, that's really is true. And also your clients do that. Like I have a client who she has sent me so much business, but she just recently, I closed a property for her cable guy and he just, he came to do, uh, fix something. And she was like, Hey, you know, da, 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 da. he was like, yeah, I want to buy a house. And she was like, Oh my gosh. And before you know it, I have him under contract. So it really does. Cause I built a relationship with her. Now I have the relationship with him. And so it just, that's the beautiful thing about real estate is at some point, you are always building relationships, but like it's a different game at some point because you've built enough that it's giving to you versus, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, it's not a chasing down. It's, it really is a giving game, I think. Yeah. And I think people think that you have to be everyone's BFF and you have to be there for everything and you'll be there. Yeah, I don't, I think the opposite. I think if you're everyone's BFF, it actually hurts you in the long run. I think you just need to be true to them, help them when they need it and be honest and helpful and that's enough you yeah. don't need to be their bff i agree and i also think like yeah i agree i like what you said about being purposeful like i'm such I'm a huge advocate of um i would i say it just the same it's the same thing but differently is that just move with intention like when you're going to do something so many times we go and we haven't set our, our intentions, our energy, and then we get there and whoever is like hanging around with the dominant energy is going to run the conversation. They're going to run the way things go. But if you go there and you know, while you're there, like you're not just there to sell real estate, but you're there to make friends, to create connections, then you're going to be much better at it. You know what I mean? It's like you're training your brain ahead of time. Yep. I'm usually, we, we've met, we, we met twice in person at different places, but we've met at some things that are, you might consider networking events, I guess, but I go with the intention that I would like to connect with one person. I'm yeah. not trying to be everybody's friend. I just want to find one person there that I connect with. Oh, that's a good idea. And that's good too. And I, I could get my mind around that. <laughs> and if, if you, you don't, I don't, but that's... Person. I'm not trying to latch on to everybody. I'm just like, I'd love to find one person oh. who I really connect with on a different level. It's super exhausting to me. Like it is. Are you a crowds person? Like, are you, are you like somebody who can work a crowd? I can talk to, I don't like, it does not give me energy. 
right? Yeah, it takes energy. Me yeah, too. it takes I a lot of energy. Of, yeah, it's like you walk away feeling like, you know, your heart was sucked out or something. <laughs> well, that's the whole reason I started YouTube is because I feel more comfortable like giving the information and letting the people who need me find me than going and just like talking to everyone. And yes, it was more my style. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. And I much prefer this platform like YouTube, um, my podcast or like my blog. I much prefer that because I don't know, I guess it's just, you don't have to do the, you know, back and forth. So but you're eliminating small talk. Yeah, it's just like, hey, let me just give you the good. You <laughs> wanted this? Here, let me spoon feed it to you. Let me give you the goods. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so very cool. So tell me some, tell me what has been going on in your world. Like, is how is real estate right now? What's going on with all the things? Like, give me an update. I haven't talked to you in forever. And just for as a backstory, Alicia and I met a couple years ago. Was it 27, 18, maybe? A couple years ago. Is right? Yeah. A couple years ago. Um, we met and I think it was 2017 and, um, I definitely clicked with Alicia right off. She was just somebody who I was Same. like, okay, I really like her. She seems genuine. And, um, so, and we both are with EXP, like we're both at the same company. So, um, but you know, everything's been crazy. Life has been a little bit nuts lately. So I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. Well, I'm in Maryland. So real estate's crazy here. Things are getting for, uh, there are four or five, 10 buyers for every single property. Like I know a lot of places are, you what's said it's your, like that where you are. What's your average price point there? I'm always interested in this. I talked to my friend in Denver last week. I just posted her a podcast or a couple weeks ago online. It was a couple weeks ago. And she was saying how the average price point went from two something five years ago to five something. There's yeah. so little inventory. I'm like, yeah, okay. it like where you are, I'm sure it fluctuates if you're in the city versus County or whatever. Yeah. But in my kind of area that I'm in, is it about three? 50, 340. Oh, okay. That's actually better than I would have thought. I would have thought it had been higher up there. That's like for that's either first time home buyer or second home, but they moved up from a townhouse or something. I'd get you like a single family home, three bedrooms, two baths. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And I just sold my house is under contract right now and it got seven offers on it. So oh it's, a, yeah, it's the same. It's crazy. It's good. Good to reconnect on like how stressful it is to sell a house Very for a seller and move. So what, what do you, what is, what are your plans? What are you doing? We're not sure. Why did you sell? Why did you sell? First of all, was it just to take advantage of the market? Well, we, we knew we were going to move at some point in the next couple of years because of the school system that we were going into. So, and then watching the market is like, we can sell our house for way more than we could have last year. This is the time to do it. So it was right. opportunity really. Yeah. And COVID like that helped. We didn't know what was going on in school. So it was a perfect time mm -hmm. and we sold it for way more than we would have last year. Yay. Have you closed yet or you're still waiting? September 15th. We got, Gosh. so what, so what are you going to do now? Do you have a place to go? Do you, what are you going to do? So we're going to stay with my mother-in-law for a little bit until we figure things out. And uh, then we'll see, we're talking about an RV. We're talking about maybe moving to Florida, maybe staying in Maryland. We're not sure. Come to Florida. It's so great here. No. The but, world is our oyster. Yeah. Isn't that? So I'm in the same exact situation where I am floating right now and I have all these different places that I can go. And um, it's like, it's exciting and sort of 
crazy at the same time. It's kind of weighty knowing that it's like, you could go anywhere. I was thinking like, you really could go anywhere. I could, we could just pick up and leave. And the exciting part about the internet is that I think anywhere I go, I would make it. You know what I mean? Yep. It's kind of crazy to, your mom just moved down here though, right? She's building a house right now. So she's moving in like May. She'll be down there in May to Punta Gorda. Oh my gosh. Yes. You go down that far. Like, would you go over there? I'm really not sure. I'm big on like what it feels to be down there. So I'll have to go and see what the people are like and see if we can afford a house and where, you know, depends. Yeah. Florida's good. Florida's good. Um, It's got to feel like home. I want to be on a beach house somewhere, but um, that's not really in my budget right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe it will be in your budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not that it's more of a, what I want to do. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like um, there's so many changes coming. So I kind of like the idea of not having an anchor right now and just kind of floating a little bit. I really like it too. It doesn't seem scary time. that part. God, kind of it's like Are you planning on selling your house too, or did it just come because of the market and everything going on? You're like, let's do this. Well, no, the whole situation I had came on a lot differently, and that's a whole story oh. for a whole okay. Show. But yeah, that came a lot differently and was super unexpected, actually. But what I love about things that are unexpected is sometimes those are like your biggest blessings. Is you're like, it seemed like it was negative but we're so quick to judge stuff instead of just letting it be what it is and then waiting to see so my mantra my whole life like since i started law of attraction and figuring all the things out has always been things are always working out for me even better than expected and it seems like such a silly okay rebecca like that's a mantra Mantra. everybody says that really just scared me did you hear that that was a good thunder yeah <laughs> i was like oh my god uh-huh. i don't think it's silly i think it's seeking out what you want you want it to work out better than expected yeah and and there's something like faith when you really believe that there is a greater power working behind the scenes for you that's like a feeling of like being cradled almost like it's just this crazy good feeling to know that somebody's looking out for you you know yeah that's pretty i mean i don't know the whole backstory but it is pretty cool yeah, yeah. It is, it's and, a good thing so you know for people deciding to sell that didn't even know that they were selling i think that's something that people should be doing right now for the people that they know because i've had a couple people i don't know if you have if this has been the same for you where they weren't planning on selling either and they're like wait a minute my house is worth what yeah oh it's time to move yeah. And the interest rates are what? I'm like, yeah, we need to be explaining this better to our people. Yeah. The amount, like the amount that things are selling for now are so much higher that, and I don't know. I mean, we can definitely have this conversation, which is what does it look like once the forbearances get called once, you know, we're over that. Is it a bubble? Of course, everybody's like, well, no, it's not going to be the same type of bubble as it was you know, in 08, cause we're not going to have short sales. So it's not going to be the same thing, but it still is going to be distress. You know, I know from selling foreclosures that they will get a, an appraisal first. Like, it's not like all of our values are just going to tank, but yeah. we don't know what it's going to look like when I think there's all... going to be some deals to be had at the end of the day. You, they, see, that's what I'm also thinking of is like, Maybe because I've been trying to kind of look for a house now and I'm thinking, you know what, 
maybe I don't do that. Maybe I just sit still and wait until, when do you think the deals are going to start? I think like probably January, like the end of the year. M- maybe even next spring or something. Yeah. The beginning of next year. That's what mm-hmm. I'm thinking. I don't know. I have a client who said that he, he works at the courthouse and they're looking for an investment property. I'm like, dude, I don't think tonight, right now is your time. I think you need to wait six months to a year. And he's like, you know, we haven't gotten foreclosures in a long time. And the other day someone came, brought in a stack to be processed. I'm like, there's your, cl-. like, that's not going to, they're not going to come to the market next month. No, they always take, which is why I got out of foreclosures <laughs> because I was like, hold on a second. I did them for quite a while would hold, you know, 30, 40 properties, but all those properties you have to manage before they go to market and you're getting the same commission. I guess the benefit is that you consistently have listings. So that's like a benefit of, of it. Yeah. But the negative is that you are managing it all for the same price. That whole yeah. Time, you know, we got a little off track there, but it's relevant. Oh, it was? No, it was relevant, right? <laughs> totally relevant. Oh my gosh. So, um, so yeah, I know it's just one of those things. So as a mama, I know that it can be like, I know for me, um, I had like, I had in my mind, like you said, I was always very clear on what I wanted, how I wanted my business to look when I was raising my son. Um, and I just stuck to it and it just worked out. I guess if I looked at it on paper, I really couldn't have said, oh, well, she's doing this. So in a year, this will happen. But somehow in a year that happened, or, you know, somehow every year I was doing good and I was, you know, making money and whatever. So mindset wise, what is your go-to when it comes to like, how, how do you keep in a good space um, when it comes to sort of juggling everything? Because it's, I mean, it's fine to, you know, do the things when you're with the babies, but you still have a ton of work. You're, you still have to write the contracts. You still have to manage, you know, the clients and all the things. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. It gets overwhelming sometimes for sure. Yeah. It's like super overwhelming. So I do a couple things. I think about my mom raising me, like getting out of an alcoholic family where she was, you know, seeing some abuse and getting pregnant on purpose to have me so she could get yeah. out. I'm like, if she can do that, I can do this, right? That's like always my first go-to. And I always think I could be digging ditches. I could be doing this, all the things that I could be doing. Mm -hmm. And then what I, like the practical thing that I do is I go, what am I doing that I need to stop doing? Because inevitably there's something on my list that I'm doing that does not touch my bottom line or isn't the activity that gets me the results. Right. And I usually have too much on my plate. I said yes to something that I shouldn't have said yes to. And then I just go back to that and go, look, what do I need to do? Get back to that. And if you need to go call people and apologize and say, I need to cancel this because it's really not part of what I, my plan, then that's what you got to do. Changing your mind is not a default on your character. Oh, I know. Right. And that a lot of people are trained to believe that. I remember. I was trained to believe that. Yeah. I wrote a story a couple of years ago and somebody that we both know pretty well one of my friends at EXP, I wrote a story and was talking about um, my tattoo that I had, that I had, I think I was talking about my tattoo, but I wrote a story about changing my mind and saying like, it's okay to change your mind. And this person who's like ultra high achiever was like, it never occurred to me. Like I was just taught you keep your commitments and that if you don't, you're like less than. 
And I'm yes. like, yeah, but like the biggest commitment is to yourself. And, you know, we, I think a lot of people mistakenly think that if you are taking care of yourself, that you're somehow being selfish, meaning you're not helping other people when, when you're like in that alignment space, that flow, that good place where you're actually doing what you believe you should be doing, you're the most help to everybody. You, you're able to show up the most for everybody, you know? Yep. I think that's a huge thing for moms. It's almost like a badge of honor that we'll do anything for anyone. Right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, we'll come last. Like it's a, it's a badge of honor. And I don't think it needs to be. I remember it was, I think it was a year and a half ago. I showed up at a party for a friend to help, you know, to support her. And I had pneumonia and I didn't know I had pneumonia. I just know I was feeling horrible and I have asthma and I couldn't breathe very good. And I showed up and she's like, you're miserable. She's like, you didn't have to come. I'm like, no, if I tell you I'm going to be here, I'm going to be here. Right. It was then where she said, you can call me and just say, I'm sick. I can't come. I know you keep your word. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah, right? From that point forward, I'm like, why was I so hard on myself about this? Like, just yeah. call and say, I changed my mind. This doesn't align. Or I you just changed my mind. I'm not feeling good. Whatever. Yeah. They'll be fine. Yeah. And I think like for me, you know, growing up, like that was something that I wanted was that those answers that stay, you know, those commitments. And, and so I always wanted to be that person because I felt like that was the right thing to do. And, you know, especially with friends learning that your real actual friends will not, not be friends with you because you tell them you're not being flaky, right? Flaky is different. You just deciding last minute, oh, I can't go, you know, and then you end up going somewhere else with somebody like that's different. But when you're like legit, something comes up or you just really aren't feeling it. Yeah. I think people who love you and have their own ego in check will allow that and be like, okay, just hit me up whenever you do, you know? Yep. And what helps with that is when you go to say yes to something to make sure it's actually what you want to do in the first place. Mm -hmm. So you're not being the flaky person. Like you're only saying yes to stuff that you truly do want to do, not out of obligation. Oh yeah. That's like the, that's like the, the gauge, right. It's like, if for me, I always feel obligation in my gut. Like I always feel that, Oh, I gotta do it. It feels heavy. And it's like, I don't want to have to do the heavy stuff. If I have to do it, I'm so much, or if I feel obligated, I mean, I almost canceled Christmas with my family because of obligation. Like, I, I'm a little psycho about that. <laughs> I'm like, I will not feel obligated to have. Sometimes you just have to do what's best for you. Like, self-sacrifice is not, it's not something that moms have to do all the time. That's yeah. not your curse or your gem for the world is to be self-sacrificing. It leads for to resentment and it sucks. Yeah, I had somebody tell me I was selfless. And I, uh, I, I hope it was hearing that a lot. And I thought you know, I don't want to be selfless. I don't want to put myself after everybody else because I don't think you have to do that. We don't have to sacrifice ourselves to be able to raise amazing kids, to be able to have a business that's amazing. I mean, you can kind of do it all, but it's like that inside stuff that's got to sort of go down. So sadly, what I realized is that it was easier for me to self-sacrifice it was easier for me to help everybody and work on everybody else than to look at myself and go, girlfriend, you're not working out. That's on you. That's not on anybody else. Right. So I realized like, Oh, I'm not doing this because that's harder. Like crap. (laughs) Exactly. Yo, doing the inside work, you know, I'll be the first one to say it. That is 
that is the hardest thing that people will ever do because it is actually easier to move your body than it is to move your brain and to change your brain and to be committed because there is this such this strong momentum that wants to keep you where you are unless you have that clarity that you're talking about it's like that's almost the what you need to bridge that gap if you don't have that like what is the purpose to keep going it's easier just to stop which is why that which is why what like 95 percent of businesses fail which is why you know whatever high percentage of people stop working out after they start or fail on a diet and have to do it again and again because it's that like actual energy that has to change yes it's it's just so much easier to go do the laundry or go take care of someone to actually put yourself on the hook. It just is. Or go shop on Amazon.com. Or shop. I mean, that's totally easy too. I'm not doing that. <laughs> it's just one of those things, yeah. I have a thought on branding too when we were talking about relationships. Yeah. Can I push it in now? Um, so branding can help do the heavy lifting for you and you don't have to have a logo. You don't have to have anything fancy. Just showing up consistently as who you are and putting yourself out there can totally do heavy lifting on those relationships for you because you're putting out there who you are and people see it and then they see you be it over here and then they see you be it over there. They know who you are. They almost don't even have to have a conversation with you. Like your podcast, people listen to you. They know you before that's part of your brand. Yeah, they yeah. know you before they pick up the phone and say, can you help me buy a house? Can you help me coach through this? You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, definitely being more, but again, like it goes back to when you do that work on yourself, when you feel like, you know, you, when you feel whole, you can take it, you can tell the story. You can't tell the stories if you haven't healed from them. And something interesting that I find too, that I like a lot of my clients work on story stuff. Like we work on law of attraction, story stuff in business, like how to start, start running basically versus walking. And, um, but one of the things that I find is a lot of people want to tell their story from their, from in the story versus how they came out of it. And they don't understand, like, you have to understand that you have to understand what was happening and how you came out of it so that you can help people. You know what I'm saying? And you can like, so that you can actually tell people about this. So yeah, I mean, your story, which is kind of what you were just saying, your story and how you're showing up, that is how you're showing up is your story. So people are going to see that. Like if you are brutally honest about some part of your life here, and then you are again here and again here, and then they see a video of you and they're like, they know that you're being real, then people are going to connect with it because that's what we want. We want to know that other people go through shit too. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that's the biggest thing that connects us is our, our yeah. spot, you know? Yeah. They, um, I think they, some people overcomplicate stories. Like sometimes a story can just be you of a picture, picture of you holding your infant in the car seat, picking up something from a listing, right? Yeah. Been saying instead of, I didn't have a babysitter, but so I just took my kid. That was my solution. Like you, to your point, like you have to show them sol the solution, not that you're stuck in the problem. Right, right, right. Because that's what people can kind of like grab onto. 
It could be simple or a simple picture of you at a, like I do a crab feast with my clients, a simple picture of you with your, at the crab feast, me at the crab feast with my clients saying, this is how I lead Jen. That's a whole story. I want to be one of your clients. You can go to your crab feast. (laughs) Can I come? Like a lot of fun. I just had King crab the other day, girl. What do y'all have up there? Like more blue Blue crab. crab. Yeah. But steamed. Yeah. Oh, really? I've never done steamed crab. And only males. Really? Why? They taste different. And that's just what, I mean, you can get female crabs, but one is that they like to keep them so we can keep the ecosystem up. They don't like them to catch them as much, but also they taste a lot different. Interesting. Yeah. I went crabbing down at Juana Lake. Have you ever been crabbing? I'm sure you have, right? Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever seen a horseshoe crab? Yes. Oh my gosh. So Do you cool. eat it? Do you eat horseshoe crabs? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. But I went there and I didn't know what was hitting my foot. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this thing is going to kill me. But yeah, it's kind of creepy here because, well, you probably may have seen this too. But like the last time I went crabbing, I went with my sister-in-law and my mom and, you know, the kids and stuff when they were littler. And we're like crabbing and you can literally see a crocodile in the water like a little ways away. I just have to watch to make sure his eyes stay above water so he doesn't come and snatch you up. It's yeah, like, we don't have those things. Yeah. Or or sharks. Or sharks? No. no. Well, that is nice. Maybe I do need to move there. They <laughs> say that Florida has, is the most deadly state there is. So Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we have a lot of stuff down here. You should really check out your list of deadly things before we have brain eating amoebas here. So, I mean, do you guys have those there? Could you claim the brain eating amoeba? No. Can't claim that. When stagnant stagnant water gets too warm and, you know, couple kids like one a year, couple a year die from going to something, jumping in and it go, it has to go up your nose, I think. And all of a sudden they have a brain eating amoeba and they just die from it. And it's just like, why is this nah, happening? I'm What's never getting in the water again. No, no, if it's, if it's like, but I don't get in the ocean. Cause I'm like, if I can't see my feet, I don't want to be in the ocean. Uh, I don't want to be in anything that I can't see my feet in. So well, you wouldn't like it here. Cause you can't see anything. Yeah. I won't go like swim in that. I swim in pools that I know there's no like thing yeah. that in it. <laughs> Like it's going to eat you here. No, no crocodiles, alligators. No sure. crocodiles, no alligators. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of stuff to eat you here, but anyway, so, um, so yeah, but I agree. I mean, and I think we're talking about two kind of like the same, but different things. Like there's a certain way to market also, or to brand for, you know, your real estate business or whatever business it is that you have versus, um, I think they're like the other piece is like, cause you kind of interweave them. And I always tell people, you know, find the three things, the three things that make up who you are, like your top sort of three stories of, you know, like for me, it would be like Ziggy and it would be my husband and that journey. And it would be my son. So those would be like my top three. Um, And then you have all the little ones that kind of fill in. I'm actually working with, an amazing story person right now that is doing this crazy sciencey thing to my story. We'll see how it turns out, but I'm super excited about That's her. Cool. But coming up with those, it's kind of like knowing who you are. Cause I think a lot of people don't know what to post on different social media. They don't know 
what to say. They think that if they don't have this huge story, that they don't have a story. But some of the most mundane stories are the ones that the most people can relate to. Yes. Yes. That's the thing. Yeah. Yes. I forget what book it's in, but what isn't it like your raw edges and stuff and all the little like normal things. That's what gets people traction to hold on to you. That's what the commonality is. Not this like crazy thing that you've done. No. Yeah. I mean, like climbing Mount Rushmore is cool and everything. Do you climb Mount Rushmore? I don't even think you do, but whatever. But, (laughs) but, but you know, like doing something big, climbing some mountain, Mount Everest. That's what I meant to say. Um, you know, I haven't climbed that either. I'm not going to climb anywhere. <laughs> I have there, like, I keep seeing this meme. That's like, um, I don't run with scissors. And it's like, it's like the last two words are not necessary. It's Cause I don't run, but you know, I'd also don't climb mountains with scissors, okay. but, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's the, it's the, it's the little stuff. And it's also the, it's like, I think, you know, putting out the things that you're, I think doing inventory about what you're afraid to be judged about is a really good idea because that will tell you where your energetic sort of inconsistencies are. It's something that I kind of go through and it's like, oh, I feel like that. Let me put her on Facebook. <laughs> You're the master in control of your energy, right? Yeah, that's, you know, so yeah. So very good. So tell me about, um, I know you have Mother Hustlers. That's a group that's just an amazing group where women are talking about real estate and how they're making it work. Give us the 411 on Mother Hustlers and what it's about. So it's on Facebook, Real Mother Hustlers, and you can go and check it out. It's just support, basically. We're not selling stuff. We're not, nothing's just to support and share your ideas and get some feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just real estate. It's all industries. Yeah. Well, you know, and I find, and I say this too, like everything that you use, I think for so long are the brokers were what sold us. It's like, Oh, you work for Watson or, Oh, you work for Keller Williams or, Oh, you, and then well, actually Keller Williams is where things kind of changed. It was like, before that, it's like you had these bigger companies or it was about the broker that you worked for. And then since then it's become about who you are because we're marketing ourselves. So everything that you do to brand yourself as a real estate agent, I took all those same things. And then I just branded myself as a coach. Like it's, it's the same ideas. So yeah, you could, you could definitely put them both sides or, you know, for anybody, for hundred percent. They could go. Yep. So what's your favorite go-to like, what's your favorite, you know, source of inspiration that, you know, you listen to, or you're reading, or give me a favorite thing that you're doing right now that you're, you know, my, I have two funny things. My um, absolute favorite book ever is essentialism. Yes. Yeah, it, I mean, I don't know how good of a book, you know, it is, but what it tapped into me and made me realize is that I do not have to do all the things. Yes. I pick the things that I want to do and, it, you know, and we have control over that. That is hundred percent helped me the most in my life, that book. And honestly, the weirdest thing is that I go on TikTok mm-hmm. and I watch these stories of people who have triumphed, who have been abused, who have whatever. And I see what they're doing. And I'm just like, this is amazing. And it does, sometimes it puts me in a hole, right? Sometimes it's like, I feel like 
how can I change this for more people, their lives? Yeah. But the mo most of the time it shows me, look at what they're doing. Look at what yeah. people can do. This is like the time to be alive. Oh, my I God. only know their story because they're on TikTok only. I would have never known about them if they weren't on TikTok. No, that's what this social media thing is so amazing. And I'm like, I'm back and forth on TikTok, right? Are they stealing my information? I'm going to come take my brain or something or... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the deal with TikTok? Much should I? Shouldn't I? Yeah. Give me, I think everybody's give me the 411, Coach Alicia. Should I have TikTok on my phone? I don't know. I don't really make a lot, but I watch a lot because okay. I find it interesting. And I don't watch TV, but I love their stories because this is they're real people. I don't want to watch TV where it's fake. I want to see the real people in their stories. Yeah. It's highly intriguing to me. I worked in newspapers oh, forever, and it feels like it feels like they're giving me their own news, and I love it. I know, like I so want to do TikTok and I haven't, I downloaded it. I actually did a video and I got a bunch of views, but then I realized that um, my captions were in the same place as something at the bottom. I can't remember. And then, so I deleted it and then I was like, okay, I'm sick of this thing. So then I didn't. I think it. you do what you want. If podcast is your thing, podcast. But I like TikTok. I just, I don't know if that's my thing. So we'll see. But I love to go on there. I like to go on there and watch like funny stuff. That's what cracks me up is when I just go on there and watch. You know what else? This is my, this is my like um, secret obsession that I listen to all the time. That cracks Guilty me. pleasure. It's my guilty pleasure <laughs> is aside from like crime dramas that I don't know. I love crime dramas is Wild and Out. It is a, it is, it was on MTV. I think they're all like gone now because stuff that went on with Nick Cannon, whatever. But it's basically a ranking contest that they rank on each other. It just cracks me up to the next level. Like they have to rap and rank on each other. And it just is like, there's, there's like, there's females on it. There's males on it. And I can get the, the snippets of the part that I like, cause I don't like all of the show. I only like the part where they're like going back and forth. Each team is going back and forth. Girl, I can watch hours of that. It just, I laugh out loud. I have such a good time. I think it's so, cause it's all in good fun. They're not real, yeah. you know, it's hysterical. So wiling out, I'm just saying. Good. whatever makes you happy right like <laughs> whatever floats your boat yeah that's what i say. i think so too so um so anyway so you're in tell people where you are so that they know if somebody on here is looking for a real estate agent they know where to find you so you can the best way to find me is either on youtube with my name or facebook with my name alicia crastell okay. and i'll have it in the show notes and then yep. um Tell me what else is going on. Do you have other projects? I know you coach, you do other stuff. Do you have other things going on? Yeah. So I have a program that we're, that I've coached several times for mother hustlers. And it's, you know, if you want to do a business makeover, basically, if you're not um, having hundred percent control of your business and you want to make whatever you want to make, I, you can clearly make a hundred K as a mom and do this, but whatever it is. Um, and you want to do it in less time and make your life easier. That's what this program's about. And we do it with other moms. There's a, it's a program. And then we have a weekly call and we all help each other out. Oh, that's that's cool. the coolest thing. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, you will have to tell people how to find that. Do they just go and find you and message you or do they find me, find me and message me. Yep. Okay. Yep. 
Well, very cool. Okay, so before I end the show, I ask everybody the same thing. I've started to ask everybody the same thing. Is so obviously you're on She's Unoffendable podcast. So what in what area of your life or how have you become unoffendable in any area or maybe even every area of your life? Like what does it mean to you and how have you gotten there? Okay, so this is a great question. I think the one area that I have not always been but am now is that I don't give two craps. I don't know, can you say the other word? Yeah. What anyone thinks about me. Say it right now just to show that you're unoffendable. I don't give two shits what anyone Yay! thinks of me. And that's including my husband or my kids or my mom, right? I don't care what weight I am. I don't care what you think about my clothes. I went to an appointment straight from pain in my house the other day. And my husband's like, you're going to wear that. I'm like, yep. <laughs> and I just, I do not care one at all. Yeah. So that's, so how'd that's you get it. here? Any idea? What's, how did I get there? I think I'm 43 years old and it just took time. Oh, okay. <laughs> just like it just took time. I, when I was younger, literally 113 pounds, I thought I was totally fat. Right. Wow. And now I'm 170 pounds and I have not, well, I think I'm 170 pounds. I don't know. I haven't stepped on the scale in ages. I do not care. It yeah. just took some time of get, I think having kids has helped that a lot too. Like, I just know that once you have kids, it's time, like you're the example for them. If you start caring what other people think, then they're naturally going to care. And I want them to not ever hear me talk about being on a diet, not ever hear me talk about what other people's opinions are me equating to my value. I just don't want that. So I'm not going to be that. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you know, we have to be, we have to be the change. People want to tell people to do something, but you got to you know, if you're not doing it, then it doesn't, it doesn't sync up in their little brains anyway. So I agree. And that, you know, what I think is unique is that you're a very kind person and I'm a kind person. And and I don't think not giving two shits means that you have to be an asshole. No. And in fact, if you are being an asshole, then you probably do give two shits because that's like something your ego is throwing up for you to, and that's like, I think something that people, there is that whole, I don't care movement that is really just overplayed to me. It's like, I saw a meme the other day, you know, I love a good saying. And it said something like, like, you know, I don't have time for that. I don't care phase if that's where you are, you know, like basically maybe you should just get like, you know, some sort of um, psychiatric or some sort of help. Like if you really feel that way, because not caring what people think isn't about them. You know what I'm saying? Like it's about you. So people can still think what they think and you're not going to be mean about it if they don't agree with you. It's that you've built yourself up enough that like that stuff just bounces off of you. Somebody says they don't like what you're wearing. Okay, well, that's cool. Oh, you don't like the way I said that? Okay, well, that's cool. It's like, you know, the idea that you can like hear it, but not be drowned by it. Yes. That's like my favorite place to be. And yeah. I think age does have something to do with it, but also, you know, getting your mind I think if right. you're not taught young, you don't know. Like you really do let other people's opinions affect you because you haven't built that yet. And I'm, I got two. And I wonder ones. like too, how much that just is phases that kids go through. Like, I think some of that happens too, but yeah. I think that with like that solid foundation, when they go through that, they don't go as far. They don't need as much. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So it's fun. 
I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying being 43 versus 16. I know, right? Although yeah. I do wish like my 47 or my 16 year old self knew that she wasn't fat. Like I, I, I had no idea. Like I had to have other people be like, oh yeah, are you talking about, you know, like to say that I was, I was skinny and then even to have to see pictures to go, oh, I, it's amazing how as women too, like we don't see ourselves that way a lot. We have a lot of body what do they call it? Dysmorphia. Yeah. This, the perspective that we have of ourselves when we're younger, I don't, I honestly don't know how we change that quicker or if it is just something you got to go through, but it is, it's really sad. I think that, um, our voices to ourselves is so critical. And I don't think that we even, even like, you know, you've done work on yourself for a long time. I've done work on myself for a long time. And even still, you know, sometimes I'll catch myself and be like, why are you saying that you're super ugly? Or why are you dogging yourself right now? And it's this constant having to catch and grab out those things and then figure out that counter thought so that you can start a new momentum the other way. And like for kids, showing them how to do stuff like that, you know, showing them how to use affirmations and how to set their intentions. Like I used to tell Zay every single time he left the house, okay, baby, I love you. Set your intentions. And now it's just like second nature to him. He's like, Oh, I got to set my intention. We would get in the car. I'd be like, set your intentions, vision where you're going. You know what I mean? And that's huge. He would see me doing it. So he's like, okay, mom does it. So she, you know, I'm going to do it. So yeah, what we do. Yeah. You know, the um, meme there, the question that people pose are like, what would you tell your 16 year old self or your 21 year old self? That was just like this week or last week I saw that. And they're like, what what would you say to yourself? And I didn't even think about it. It It's just like, I love you. Like, that's what I would tell myself if I was 16. Yeah. That's it. Uh, It's so true. And that's great. Like, yeah, a lot more of that would go a long way. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's the thing is that as parents, the more that we love ourselves, the more our kids are going to love themselves. It's just a fact. So yeah, it was awesome talking yeah. to you, girl. I'm this so glad to have you on here and um, you guys go check out Alicia, go find her. She's amazing. She's got lots of good info, such a giver and um, totally my type of chick. So go and check her out and we will see you guys next time. Yeah. Thank